Welcome to the JLUC Club podcast. Whether you knew it or not, by listening to my voice now, you are a welcome member of the JLUC Club, and I'm glad to have you here. In case you're new, and given that this is episode one, that's pretty likely, I'd like to give you a quick new member orientation before we start the show. In July of the year 2000, after spending three amazing years living in Japan, I overstuffed a large backpack and set off to wander around Asia. My initial plan was to travel until the money ran out, which I thought would last about three to four months and get me home by Christmas. As it turned out, I didn't return to the States for almost an entire year, and I saw places and had experiences I couldn't have imagined. Twenty years later, I started this podcast with a simple goal, share my story and be done with it, and maybe figure out how to make a podcast along the way. Much like my trip 20 years prior, this podcast journey has been filled with unexpected surprises. A journey of exploration, experimentation, and discovery. Season 1 is really about my story, and more to the point, it's really all about me. Also, I didn't initially intend for this to be made for a wide audience, so forgive my technical issues and silly jokes and songs which were really made to entertain myself. In Seasons 2 and Beyond, I talk with other globe-trekking adventurers and hear their stories of travel, asking them where, when, how, and, most importantly, why they travel. Tune in for great stories of adventure, misadventure, and some good advice and tips for maintaining a traveler's state of mind, no matter where in the world you are. Well, there you have it. You can dive straight into Season 1 and get to know me and my story, or skip ahead and hear some other people's stories and maybe come back to me later. Really, it's whatever works for you. And one more thing you should know. The JLUC Club podcast is presented by Honey Roasted T-Shirts. Check them out at honeyroastedt-shirts.com. Honey Roasted T-Shirts. They don't make T-Shirts, but if they did, they'd be Honey Roasted. All right, welcome to the JLUC Club. Let's get things started. Just after dawn in my room at the Wanhai Guesthouse in Penang, Malaysia, I closed up my pack. And with a single flowing motion squat, twist, turn, jump, heave it onto my back. Inside is everything I'd been carrying with me on the road for the past five months. But all that load was not an anchor weighing me down, but a symbol of my freedom lifting me up so I felt as if I could fly. Most days I wandered at ease, gliding lightly through life in my flip-flops, carrying minimal possessions and even fewer worries. But today was a travel day. Time to pack up and move on to my next destination. Off again into the unknown, certain only of the uncertainty ahead. It had been five months and as many countries since I'd left Japan, my home of three years. And in that time, I had quickly transformed into a seasoned explorer. A world-wandering, adventure-seeking super-traveler, navigating countries and cultures and currencies with ease. 
Of course, on travel days, I carried all my possessions, including my valuables. Like a wise investor, I diversified my funds and distributed my monies across my body. Small bills and coins in one secured zipper pocket, mid-sized bills in another. But the biggest treasures of all, the big bills, plane tickets, and passport, in my money belt. Beneath my pants was a horizontal zipper across my waistline, just under my clothing and out of sight of greedy eyes or anyone who may want to separate me from my riches. With all the mastery sleight of hand of a magician, my fingers could deftly unzip the pocket, extracting exactly what I required, never flashing more cash than is needed for the transaction at hand. Zip, flash, zip. Zip, flash, zip. On cue, I could produce any number of currencies or denominations. Dollars, yen, baht, ringgit, rupees. Both Indian and Nepali. With a zip and a flash and a zip. Presto, I'd have what I needed. Zip, flash, zip. Leaving the guest house, I settled up my bill. Zip, flash, zip. Stepped into the alleyways, stopped at a food stall to pick up a snack, pay the man. Zip, flash, zip. <laughs> I am a super traveler, all pro, no amateur. Traveling local transport, passed on the honking taxis, boarded a local bus, paid my fare, zip, flash, zip. The only Western traveler on the bus, I got looks and smiles, which I graciously returned as I took stock in my mastery, my PhD of world navigation, professor of wanderlust. Pulling up at the airport, I stepped out of the bus onto the curb, master traveler, genius, adventurer. I'm an artist and travel is my medium. Every motion a graceful dance of perfection. Stepping to the counter, without conscious thought, my hand moves towards my waist to retrieve my ticket and passport. Zip down what? What just happened? Did, did I just zip down? The panicked conversation in my head, all mental calculations, and rapid scientific assessment of the situation concluded the same thing. I had just unzipped my fly. Looking left and right, I zipped up my pants. Thankful I hadn't reached in and tried to produce my valuable documents. Forcing a smile and recomposing my confident exterior, I handed my ticket and passport to the woman behind the counter. I guess it's good now and again to have a slight reminder that even a master super traveler can slip up and stumble. But then maybe that's part of it all. 
No Mr. Adventure is complete without a little misadventure. Zip flash zip. Hello and welcome to the Jay Luck Club, presented by Honey Roasted T-Shirts. I'm Jay and I'm thrilled to have you here on this memory journey as I remember, relive, and reflect upon a trip I took 20 years ago. Yes, it's been 20 years since I inadvertently unzipped my pants in the middle of a Malaysian airport. So what is the J-Luck Club, you may ask? In July of 2000, after spending three amazing years living in Japan, I overstuffed a large backpack and set off to wander around Asia. My initial plan was to travel until the money ran out, which I thought would last about three or four months, and get me home by Christmas. As it turned out, I didn't return to the States for almost an entire year. And though when I landed back on U.S. soil, I had no job, no home, and didn't even own a pair of socks, I had about $100 in my pocket and more than my fair share of unbelievable experiences and memories. As I said at the beginning, it's been 20 years. And on this anniversary, I invite you to join me as I look back upon those adventures. My first week in Bangkok, I entered an internet cafe and was sending a flurry of emails to family and friends, some of whom I'd just parted with, others I hadn't communicated with in years. As I tried to update and catch up with so many people, I quickly realized two things. One, this was taking a lot of time. And two, that I was repeating the same content. Here's where I am, here's where I've been, here's the crazy thing that happened today. In a flash of brilliance and, quite frankly, laziness, I decided to be much more efficient to write a single email, which I hastily and inarticulately composed and sent to everyone in my Excite.com address book. There was no opting out or unsubscribe from this mailing list, as I forcibly flooded inboxes with my status updates. As the weeks and months went on, I continued to send these mailings, coming up for air every few weeks, and when I had a pause between countries or if I stumbled across some cheap and reliable internet, and it became not only a way for me to let my mom know that I was alive, but also a way for me to summarize and capture some of my own experiences. It was a channel for me to stay connected with the people in my life. But more than that, in the midst of nonstop days of crazy escapades, these emails gave me a chance to pause, take a step back, and look at the bigger picture. I suppose these days a blog or social media post would have been the answer, but at that time I had email as my option, and today I'm grateful I have those to look back on. But I haven't answered the question, what is the JLUC Club? Well, in short, it was the subject line of one of my mailing list editions. I had just left Taiwan after a Chinese New Year filled with mahjong food and family roots tour of a Taiwanese-born American girl. At the time, I thought it was a pretty witty title and a play on the JLUC Club. Looking back 20 years later, I still think it's a pretty witty title. Anyways, after that email in my own head, I referred to all the recipients of my emails as members of the JLUC Club. So what is this incarnation of the JLUC Club about? Well, this time around, it's definitely about those emails. But that's not all. There's more. I will also discuss never-before-shared stories from my journal. Yes, I really did accidentally unzip my pants in the middle of a Malaysian airport, and it's quite possible I've never shared that story with anyone. Until now. So whether you are a recipient of those original emails two decades ago and would like to learn more behind-the-scenes dirt, or whether you didn't even know me in those days and for whom this may all be new, 
I invite you to join me as I remember, relive, and reflect upon that journey 20 years ago. In short, I invite you to be a member of the JLUT Club. A quick note, as I reread my emails, I was horrified at the number of careless typos and unclear sentences. Yes, these were casual emails, not meant for prime time, but still, some of them were painful for me to read. Cringeworthy. I was tempted to edit, rewrite, or update them, or at least tighten up what I know were funny jokes, but they may have felt flat the first go-round. But in the end, I decided to leave them largely in their original form. In the case of clear typos or missing words, I'll fudge a bit and add them in. And since I have a habit of writing a ton of parentheticals and parentheticals within parentheticals, I'll make a few adjustments for clarity. Anyway, let's start this journey at an internet cafe in Kaosan Road, Bangkok. Saturday, July 29th, 2000. From Jay Schneider. Subject, what's up with Jay? Okay, this is my first mass mailing thing, so I need to put in all the usual disclaimers and apologies. For some of you, you know this already because I just emailed you two seconds ago. Others haven't heard from me in a while and have no idea what I'm doing and wondered how I tracked you down. And still others may not even know who I am. (laughs) If that's the case, you want to be my friend? Okay, here we go. After three incredible years in Japan, I said farewell, or sayonara, to my school and friends and the wonderful life I'd been living, packed my bags, and headed out into the world, intent on traveling until I spent all the money I'd saved, returning to the States homeless, jobless, flat broke, but with a lot of stories and pictures to bore everyone with for years to come. My first stop was just a four-day stopover in Seoul. The food was great, shopping very tempting, but fortunately my pack was full enough. I definitely want to return, but hopefully I'll be able to stay longer and see what the country has to offer besides its capital. Next stop, Bangkok, for a few days of resting my mind and body. Bangkok may not seem like the ideal place to do this, but I was finally able to sleep off the hectic final weeks of goodbye parties and packing in Japan. Just having no schedule and no pressure to see the sights, I've been here before, brought me a great sense of calm. Plus, I needed to get my Cambodia visa, buy travel insurance, and take care of some other preparations, which can easily and inexpensively be done in Bangkok. Tomorrow morning, I'll catch a bus for the border, where I'll cross overland into Cambodia. I'm stopping off to spend a few days exploring Angkor Wat, and then heading down to Phnom Penh. For the next three weeks, I'll be volunteering at an orphanage, a bit of teaching, playing with the kids, helping run things, and their stock of building a basketball court. After the work camp, I'll probably see a bit more of Cambodia, then head to Thailand on my way to Nepal, where again I'll be volunteering but I'll keep you posted and let you know all the details after they unfold. Feel free to send me emails anytime, though while I'm volunteering, I may not have the easy, cheap access to computers for daily quick responses. That's all for now. Jay, where in the world is Schneider? So, rereading my travel journal, I noticed a number of things. Uh, One, my handwriting, though not the greatest, was far better then than it is now. This typing in digital age has definitely impacted my uh, handwriting. 
but more important to our conversation today. Uh, number two, my entries are rarely eloquent prose, and they're more of just shorthand notes, almost like a laundry list of the day's events. You know, sometimes a description of a mind-blowing sight or life-altering experiences was indicated by the number of exclamation points I added after the word cool. But in rereading it, I realized this shorthand, at least for me, was extremely valuable. Though it's easy to bring to mind the significant places and the moments from my trip all these years later, the scrawled notes in my diary really helped fill the gaps, sort of the mortar for my bricks of the trip, the uh, grout for my travel tiles, if you will. Okay, I like that, the grout of my travel tiles. Uh, I often remember broadly, you know, that travel is filled with a million magical moments every day, but reading these notes, it really triggered those memories and sensations and reminded me of the little times and experiences which made this trip and also which make life so special. These journal entries reminded me of the countless people I had met, such as had breakfast with a woman from Manchester and her daughter who were on their way to Australia. Talked with John, who worked for Berlitz, lived in Tokyo, compared notes on our experiences living in Japan. I spent an hour talking with a South Korean soldier. Or Toshi, a self-described chicken man who told me about how he once got into an unmetered taxi in Manila, but somehow lived to tell the tale. That tale is not as exciting, but still, rereading my journal notes reminded me of all these minuscule conversations, some light, some deep, some a matter of minutes, while other conversations stretched out over hours, days, or even weeks. My daily notes also reminded me of the time spent exploring an unnamed market, wandering through the alleys of a new town, or hiking through the mountains or strolling on the beach. Not all moments were UNESCO World Heritage Site-worthy, and not everyone I met would become a lifelong friend, but those experiences and interactions were, were no less significant. In fact, it's those moments which made this trip, and probably what makes life in general so magical. And my notes, they captured that. The third thing I noticed when rereading my journal was that this part of my trip, this exact part portion that I was writing about in the email, was entirely about transition, taking a rest and a reset. I had just left my home of three years where I'd lived, I'd worked, I made a home and friends, made a life. I'd become a part of a community. I needed to take a moment to both celebrate and mourn the transition. I also needed to take a bit of time to just stop. And literally, I saw those words in my journal that I needed to just stop, capital S-T-O-P. My final month in Japan was a whirlwind of packing, farewell parties, individual goodbyes, and I'm sure I didn't sleep much my final week. My plane ticket to Bangkok included a stopover in Seoul, and having never been before, I pushed through and saw the sights, ate the food, met the people, did as much as I could, but I was really just trying to make it to Bangkok, where I knew I could take a pause. I had to sort out some logistics, make travel plans, and also just stop. In Bangkok, I bumped into some people I'd known in Japan, and a few days into my stay, we met up for dinner, and one of the girls commented that I was oozing serenity. And it was probably at that point I realized I'd achieved my goal. So while I did have a great few days in Korea, and I also thoroughly enjoyed my first week in Thailand, I'm not going to share too many stories about those days in the episode, but instead share some thoughts on the bigger picture takeaways. The three big thoughts. One, it is important to acknowledge and honor transition. I think it's too easy sometimes to just move from one thing in life to the next and it all becomes a blur. Sometimes the momentum of life makes it nearly impossible to 
pause and appreciate major life milestones, let alone the smaller transitions. I'm actually quite proud of my young 20-something self for being aware enough of this to actually build and design this into my trip. That first part of my journey was very much by design to allow for this space. Apart from my four-day stopover in Seoul, I didn't make a plan to go somewhere new at all my first week. I had been to Bangkok before, so I knew I could go there, sort out some planning, logistics, and just take a break. More than that, though, when I look on my trip now, I realize my emails served a similar purpose. I usually sent these updates at a transition point between countries or major activities. So it helped me have checkpoints to capture these chapters of my journey. Number two, it is important to know your goal and purpose for travel, or probably actually anything in life. My trip was not just about tourism. I mean, absolutely, my intention was to visit countries and go places I'd never been, learn about cultures, history, and the people. And my trip was not a vacation. But what I mean is, this wasn't a vacation from life. This was life. And it was my life. And I was living it. So sure, most days, and much of my journey, was about the people, places, and culture of the country in which I was spending that time. But other times, it was just me living my life. And the backdrop just happened to be Kathmandu or Mumbai or Jakarta. Number three, embrace the unexpected. As I mentioned earlier, the only thing I could be certain of is the uncertainty. And while I definitely have examples of unexpected, unpleasant experiences, overall it's the pleasant surprises that happen every day which made this trip, and again life, so wonderful. Sometimes it's what I didn't know I needed. Like after I returned to my hostel in Seoul, completely exhausted from a full day of exploration, only to be greeted by name by the owner. Hey, Jay! Or when I first arrived in Bangkok, after finding a shoebox of a room to call home for the week, I stepped out onto Kaosan Road and immediately bumped into a few friends from Japan. I had no idea they were even there or even in the country. Or whether it's heading out into a Bangkok night on my own in search of some noodles for dinner, running into a Japanese guy I'd met in Seoul and ending up ringside at a Muay Thai kickboxing match. I had a general direction I thought I was heading on this trip, but the secret of my success was simply being open to what the universe sent my way at any given moment. On that note of unexpected, I'll end this episode with an entry from my journal. July 30th, 5.30 a.m. Side note, I wrote that in Japanese. Get up, shower, compose a poem. Was a good night, slept tight, but gosh darn it, those bedbugs did bite. So little ant buggy things had decided to make my pack their home. I discovered this the night before as I was packing up for today. Now these guys had been crawling all around the room, on the bed, and of course on me since day one, but I didn't let it phase me one bit, only brushing away or squashing them when they were boring into me. Dang, them bites hurt. They loved my dirty laundry bunch and were all over, so I pulled everything out, dusted off each piece, and repacked. As I did, I checked inside the nylon sack which housed, among other things, my hacky sack. Hey, don't judge me on the hacky sack. It had become a new home for the little guys, or so I discovered, as it was covered with them. I mean covered. They even dug and bored a hole or two or three into it and claimed the inside as well. So I disposed of the problem and repacked a 99% critter-free bag. Back to 5.30 a.m. and shower this morning. I see a pile of more fellows crawling around on top layers of my pack. I've got a little bit of time and I've got the gumption, so I decide to repack and go through the process again. As I picked up a folded pair of trousers by the top, so they unfolded as I picked them up, 
I don't know who is more startled. Me or the cockroach. So that's all for this episode. Thank you for listening to just what is the beginning of this journey. Would you like to become a member of the J-Luck Club? If so, go ahead and visit honeyroastedtshirts.com. Subscribe to this wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the blogs, pictures, and bonus stories. On our next episode, I'm heading to Cambodia, where I play with children and grenades. Though not at the same time. As always, a big thanks to Honey Roasted T-Shirts. Just remember, Honey Roasted T-Shirts. They don't sell T-Shirts, but if they did, they'd be Honey Roasted. If you listen to this podcast, or if you read the emails or visited the blog, or maybe if you just heard me tell that story about a time a monkey stole my donut in the mountains of India, you just might be a member of the j Club. Thank you for staying tuned for the journal extras. None of this will be on the exam. Oh, my very first journal entry. Sayonara Nippon! July 23rd, 9.40ish a.m. Well, that's that. Another chapter of life ends. Too many emotions and feelings to describe right now, but ending on a great note. As I had hoped, Akebono clinched his 10th Yusho. I was so into sumo back then, so uh, Musashimaru, he was my dude. Good for Akebono though, 10th Yusho. Nippon! 3年間 ni osewa ni naremashita. Arigatou! Mata ne! So with that chapter ending, let a new one begin. So, here I am writing away, still not comfortable with this journal thing. Is it worth it? We'll see. Journal note. I'm just going to write what I want, when I want, as I see fit. <laughs> Funny to see how I was uncomfortable with the whole journal writing thing. You know, if there's pressure to document everything, write every day, just write sometimes. Make a number of references of that as I develop the practice of journaling. July 26th. By some clocks, including my watch, it's 5.15pm. But I'm heading to a time zone two hours behind that. Now I'm on a plane. Having no schedule to keep and few outside pressures, I've been able to achieve a calm and a level of productivity which always adds to stress relief and a feeling of control over one's life. Ooh, my visit to the Cambodian embassy. So proud of how self-reliant I am, not shelling out a few extra bot for something I can do myself. It's Thursday, 1 p.m., Cambodian embassy. Visa hours, 9 to 11 a.m., Monday through Friday. Takes two working days. Okay, back to Khao San Road. Go to the travel agent. Pay 980 baht. I'll pick up my visa at 6 p.m. today. Comment by Andy on Khao San Road. Everyone here looks vaguely familiar. Khao San Road is a wild ride. Though just a short stretch, it's filled with guest houses, cafes, bars, shops, and people willing to sell any product or service 
or the service of getting a product for you. Internet cafes cost about a bot a minute, and chalkboards outside bars and restaurants let you know what pirated movies they're playing that day. It's pretty much a 24-hour affair, though I suspect it slows down prior to dawn for a brief respite before starting up again. I don't know for sure. I've been sleeping by 1 a.m. and not coming out until 10 a.m. The first day of my chilling out in Bangkok experiment has been a success. Amy, of Harimacho fame, commented yesterday evening, I was oozing serenity. Oh, dude, that was the line, oozing serenity. Amy, that was her name. Yes. None of this will be on the exam.